Welcome everybody back to Top Shelf Talks. This is the Hockey Stripes Edition channel. And today we're just going to kind of kick things off. This is our first episode of the new Hockey Stripes channel here in early July 2023. And we just have some things we want to catch up on the amateur hockey world and especially with the officiating world here. I know a lot of things going on in the summer camps happening here across the country. I know a lot of players are getting geared up for the 2023-2024 season. Teams I saw uh, already have tryouts that they've completed. Teams are being picked as we speak. Uh, even though we're probably a couple of months away from a full season starting in September and October, especially on the uh, travel season for the uh, amateur world official side. November 30th is obviously the date that our current crests expire. So we're hot and heavy into the registration process, class settings, uh, getting re-registered for the 23-24 season. You know, a registration opened up for USA Hockey June 1st. Uh, if you haven't gotten registered, get online, get registered, get signed up for a class. If you're a level two, level three official, they're available on Zoom. Really handy. I know a couple of years ago I did a Zoom class. It was really handy. I was traveling for work and did it right from the hotel room. So it was really a great experience. Get signed up for those Zoom classes. And remember, you don't have to take the Zoom class for your area. I mean, if you're in Georgia, you could take a class that's in uh, California, they really don't care. It's just getting that class setting in and getting registered. That's all they're worried about. The same materials covered, no matter if you take a class in the Northeast or the West or the Southeast. Uh, so it's real handy. Now for level one, new officials, uh, you still are required to go in a class setting. Uh, I believe there's still some on ice activities that have to be done for level one officials. If you're a first year official to that class, uh, start to shake hands with some of your fellow officials in the area. A lot of times, I know myself included, uh, if we're doing a level one classroom or even a level two classroom setting, we'll jump in those uh, those classrooms, just get an uh, idea who we are, been around for a while, and start that mentoring and just get to know those new officials so they don't feel like they're on an island trying to work games for your area. Again, just a great opportunity to find out when those classes are, uh, stop in and you know introduce yourself and uh, make them known that you're out there to help them move along in their officiating career. The classrooms will go quick. Going to be an official for 23-24, get registered, get in a classroom, done, because come November 30th, one, you can't do it, work any more games if you haven't completed all your registration stuff and all your classroom stuff and all your videos and all those things required and your crests have been mailed. But secondly, a lot of things get really thin real fast when it comes to classroom settings. Get it done August, September, and October or the months into November. Get that stuff done and get it knocked out. I know it's a pain in the neck every year, but just get it done. Open book test. I'm a tenured official. I don't have to take the closed book test and some of those other things, but I am required to do a 50-question open book test, and I'm required to do the uh, limited number of online seminars. But this year I noticed open book tests. There was a lot of stuff around 601. They're really hitting an emphasis on unsportsmanlike conduct kind of activities. So before you take the test, be familiar with the 601 Many people have different way of taking that open book test. This is the way I do it. I print it out. I look at each t test. I'll get into the PDF on my computer because I can read it. It's easier than a phone. And I'll run keyword searches on keywords that are in the question. 90% of the questions come from the casebook. So it's not even the rule reference directly, but they're in the casebook, which is where USA Hockey takes things that they've had submitted to them over the years and puts them in the case book. So you can then look to see how to apply a rule to an actual event that happened on the ice. That's the way I do it. it seems to work well for me. 
50 questions took me probably a couple hours off and on. I did 10 at a time, didn't get burned out. But then I went in and took the actual test online, had my you know, answers there. Just applied them in and then hit the submit each time. It gives you immediate feedback. Back in the old days, you had to take the whole thing and then they told you if you passed or failed. It was kind of a pain. Now you get immediate feedback. So as you're moving along the test, you're like, oh, geez, I only got to miss one more and I'm going to be out. But it, it's much, much better than it was in the past. Again, that's just the way I take it. I print it out. I know some of my other fellow officials, they'll actually take the test if they pass, great. If not, then they have to go back and emphasize and look up those areas that they couldn't pass. But like I said, I take it one time. I like to eliminate having to take it multiple times. Again, that's just however you want to take it. But take your time. Look up. If you're doing it manually with the book in front of you, look at the case book. You'll probably find most of the questions uh, there in the case book. On rule reference, they're emphasizing 601. They're also emphasizing the player and respect, which is in the front of the book. They're emphasizing between body contact and body checking. Uh, again, that's in the player fair and respect section in the front of the book. If you're a new official, I recommend reading that section, you know, word from word. It's about three or four pages long. Get an understanding of that because that's what they're basing a lot of the rule references and the rule changes around. And it will tell you in that section exactly how to apply the rules, whether that's a boarding call versus a check from behind versus a charging, whatever there, that that front of the book is how they want us to apply those rules from now on versus some of the older ways of applying the rules. As a new official or even a returning official, I recommend reading that front book, familiar with it, or, you know, kind of refresh and then again, a 601 player activity, you know, the disputing calls and all those things, be familiar with that. So you apply them correctly, because I know usually when those rules have to be applied, things are heated, people are, you know, upset or whatever, a player's upset. But if you have cool, calm, collect, you know exactly how to apply them, whether it's a two minute penalty for X, a misconduct for Y. Uh, something happens on the bench, you know that rule well to apply those rules appropriately. So you're not adding insult to injury and making things even more heated and debatable. Again, 601, make sure you read through that and have a great understanding of it. There was quite a few questions on my test around that rule. And then last but not least, uh, spectators. Uh, really emphasis on spectators saying dumb things during the game, whatever. We as on-ice officials cannot control the spectators, but what we can do is try to eliminate that activity from coming on the ice. I mean, there is glass, there's boards between us and them. Use it, keep the puck in play, and not have a lot of stoppages from this, that, or, you know, if there's a stoppage, it is what it is. Get the players changed, get them lined up, get them going, drop the puck, and move on. But if things do get out of hand and you have to stop play, go over to the home team, Ask them to get the management for the rink involved. Whatever problem happens, keep the players at their benches so that way you don't have people streaming back and forth and causing more problems and problems on the ice. So it happens from time to time. We've seen videos. It's only happened to me, thank goodness, one time. Again, we just, and then you run the clock. That's the thing is you run the clock. And you tell the people, run the clock until that disturbance and you feel like you can safely resume play. You run the clock. You don't want to get in a situation where, you're in a curfew clock, and it's a tight game. But hopefully none of you guys see that activity. I think it's improving. I'm hoping it's improving because it's just not necessary. You know, spectators out there need to cheer for their teams. Things happen that happen on the ice during a normal game. So that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Again, we'll be trying to drop these every week for everybody here, especially during the off season. 
again, just a reminder, get registered, get in a class, get going. Uh, we love to see you guys out there and ladies out there. Young, a lot of young people I know are starting to get back into the officiating world. If you're an older official, please reinforce it. Work games with them. Be a great mentor. Offers, offer the positive experience what it is, and you're going to make a few dollars while you're out there skating around getting a great exercise. Again, take this opportunity for the summer. Enjoy yourself, and I hope to see everybody out there on the ice in a couple of months. We'll see you guys next week.